All right, welcome to Talking in Stations, a podcast about EVE Online. And tonight is a very special show uh, because this is our first time without Artemis, right? So it's going to be a mess. But we yeah, have our new, uh, <laughs> our new and improved engineer, uh, Silver, here. So we'll see what we can do. I shall do um, my best. So tonight, I guess the, so, the big thing yeah. to talk about, right, is the changes uh, that CCP Rise talked about over the weekend, um, the Halloween event, right? So uh, tonight's just going to be me and Silver. Um, we're going to talk about the changes and the kind of ramifications of those. And uh, I don't know, uh, some of the interesting things about that, right? How you doing, Silver? I'm doing well, man. Um, I'm sorry I didn't get to Vegas. Uh, I did two Eve meets this year, and I couldn't justify your third one. But um, a lot of things are talked about. I feel like I missed a lot. Um, and the guys that were there said they had a good time. So um, yeah, I'm excited. I didn't see like a ton of pictures like I was expecting in the beginning. But then when I saw Matterall doing the Sunday show where like he was having all the uh, guests coming in i immediately regretted not going because that looks like so fun right like uh, there was and there were people there that i haven't met before but i've seen in games so many times right like uh wind spirits like i used to see that guy every morning and you know he's the <laughs> founder of fraternity i would see him every morning in entosis he was in his phantasm i'd be in my magus and we'd fight like so it would have uh I would have really gotten a kick out of uh, being able to meet them, but it looked like fun. And uh, we had some great interviews. Matterall did some great interviews and stuff. So I don't know. Are you going to go, uh, you're going to, are you going to go to San Diego and, and then are you going to FanFest? I'm definitely going to plan to go to FanFest in Iceland. Uh, I went last year and it was fantastic. So I'd like to go back. Uh, I don't know about San Diego. I, w I was really looking forward to trying to get to a Vegas, but. Uh, we'll see how it goes because, uh, you know, Fed Up has a meet every year too now. Um, so I, mean, I have to kind of pick and choose where I go, I think, for Eve, but definitely yeah. fan fit. Right on. All right. Well, uh, I guess let's uh, go ahead and start with the changes. So, Bushes. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, what can you say about Bushes except uh, that they're insane, right? So, and it's funny too because it's such a really, such an interesting mechanic and it's so cool. But it takes someone a couple of years and of, you know, of the skill uh, to be able to organize, you know, 250 people, you know, anchored up and being able to hop around. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's pretty crazy. So that's going to be limited to 25 ships per bush, which I personally love, right? So I love the numbers thing because the numbers thing doesn't affect smaller gangs, right? I think I, I, you know, I'm a fan. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a really good change, actually. Um, it's sort of a nerf to this, the massive power of Stuka fleet, right? Um, and Bush in general was pretty, pretty abused, right? Like, uh, you know, all, all kinds of different comps really anchored around the Bush ability. Um, and that mechanic, like, you know, Ravens, there's all kinds of things you can do with it. And it, it's super powerful. But here, I think it adds a little bit more gameplay, a little bit more counter gameplay. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I was uh, 
talking about this and you know there was another fc that said that it's it's kind of a buff uh for defensive action because one of the big problems with using a boosh now is if you go in the middle you know of a munin fleet you're going to take a hundred of them with you right if they're all anchored up or whatever but now it's only 25 so it's a little bit more manageable so I don't know. That was an interesting defensive take. I know, uh, you know, uh, there's several FCs that are uh, pretty upset about it, but I, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's good. And I think, you know, the other avenue that it sort of opens up for is, you know, one of the things I was thinking about was like Star Wars and how they have the wings, right? So imagine like three wings of bombers and each of those have their own set, right? And they're booshing each other and they're kind of hopping all over. So, I don't know. We'll see, but uh, I'm really happy with that one. Yeah, me too. Um, we, I, you know, our group was a little bit worried when we heard that there was going to be a, a nerf, and uh, you know, they they sort of said uh, during the keynote there that uh, wait for the roundtable, and I was like, no, I need to know now what that nerf was because as for a small gang group, it's an extremely powerful tool, right? It enables us to get in and out of situations quite uh, easily, and you know, darted in and out. Like we kind of used them with um, Nagas, like sniper Nagas and boosh around. Um, so we were a little bit worried that maybe the, there was going to be like a distance nerf or some sort of massive cooldown nerf, but I, I'm okay with the way this one turned out. You know, what? Uh, so the next thing that, you know, CCB Rise was sort of hinting at was uh, Minmatar guns uh, getting some sort of buff or something. And he didn't really go into detail about it, but, uh, you know, just kind of, throwing it out as one of those things. I think, you know, one of the big problems that I, you know, this is just me personally, but one of the problems that I have with Minmatar guns or auto cannons in general is they're so short range. It's like, it's almost comical, right? That the, you know, the optimal is like 1.5 kilometers, you know, and the fall off is like three and a half. I mean, if they're that close, like you have bigger problems, right? Like <laughs> it, it's, it's just so it's such short range that it makes them almost unusable unless, you know, you're sort of going for the kind of grapple bumping, you know, which is, I don't know. It's kind of a, I don't know, kind of an irritating thing. What do you think? Yeah. I, I think, um, the AC, uh, so it'll put a lot of battleships that maybe aren't uh, so valuable back on the map a little bit. Like maybe a Tempest uh, does a little bit better now because you're right. Part of the problem was projection, right? And especially in Nullsec, you know, you kind of need that range dictation, that that range uh, projection. That's just why like things like the Nightmare XL, uh, artillery materials, autocannon materials work too. They have very good range, but... Um, that's sort of the, the, the thing that's keeping, and even on the, did they, did they say about medium guns too? Like, is it just large guns or? I don't think they specified. I think they were just kind of, you know, throwing that out there. Yeah. Because what I was thinking too is, um, the hurricane, right? The autocannon hurricane is, is really fun and, and can be a, a nice ship to play with, but not with autocannons. It's kind of hard to make it work you know, against the other options that you have uh, against rail guns, against missile boats, you know, all these things are just better. Yeah. It's interesting. I was watching a uh, Suetonia stream. I think it was last week and he was doing auto cannon hurricanes, but you know, that guy can, 
uh, freaking do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they could do target painter herons and still get kills. They could null sec, but um, like I have issues with auto cannons and hurricanes. Like because you know the the main problem is to get that close. Like they they've already had to make a few mistakes, right? Because and especially like with nano boys, right? They just burn off. They're they're not going to hang out and wait. And to get within five or six k, you have to web, right? Uh, you know, you have to scram. Like, so that's three mid slots, right? Just right there. So I don't know. It's I, I think they need a little something. So it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, so the next uh, change was uh, bosons, right? So bosons, uh, the sig is increasing to ten thousand from two thousand, um, and you know, if you don't know what that means, so basically in the formula for, uh, I guess, so balancing large weapons versus small ships, um, the signature of the weapon uh, is important in the sense of how it applies damage. So a much larger weapon does not apply very well to a, a smaller ship. But now that they're moving it up to 10,000, it'll do, you know, 20% of the damage that it did before. So, um, you know, I've been known to, uh, to boson rad every now and then. So it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, right now, small ships die in two or three ticks, right, on a boson. So if that's 20%, right, so they're going to die in 10 ticks, 12 ticks, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm eager to kind of test out right the signature difference. Yeah, so I didn't really think of that, Ron. Like I, the lonely guys down here that uh, that don't tighten rat. I didn't think of the effect on ratting. Uh, was that you think that was the intended shot at it, or was it more that the boson is a pretty powerful tool in PvP? I think that you know it's just a really powerful tool uh, in PvP, right? So. You know, one of the one of the main things around the boson is setting up a boson trap, right? So, like, there's a couple of mechanics that can work together that really uh, shine. And one of those is now that you have that kind of spare, uh, you know, utility high slot on the boat on the uh, Titan. What you can do is you can put a cloak there, right? So you go to the gate. And you go above the gate about 10 kilometers and you cloak up in a Titan, right? So you're cloaked up there and then you have a saber sitting at zero on the gate. And as soon as they come into the system, the saber starts bubbling, right? And if they land, you know, like 20K off the gate and they start burning towards the gate, you uncloak and you boson and it kills them in two or three, right? So... The interesting thing about this, reducing the damage to about 20%, is, you know, ships will be able to survive a boson. Like, no joke. Like, right. you could get a perfect boson, and they could probably burn, house, burn out, right? Yeah, and that's sort of the, the, um, the way I was starting to think that that would work, right? That it was a nerf to that kind of application. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things that I think that, um, you know, if you've kind of roamed around in certain people's space, uh, you know, there's like a Titan set up with a boson, you know, on every couple of gates, right? Because they're in safety, right? They're under their super umbrella. So they just 
boson random ships just for fun, right? So with this, um, you know, you're going to have to probably get 10, 12 uh, ticks on a small ship uh, to kill it. So it's interesting right now for boson ratting, the, the reduction in damage is will throw off the timing, right? So the timing is critical on a boson rat. So, you know, when you, you kill all the rats except for one, and then as soon as you kill that first, that last rat on the first wave, you start the boson and then it ends at, um, you know, with the last wave half dead. And then you kill that last wave and then you're off. Well, with this, it won't kill them as fast, right? So there might be two or three waves left. So I don't know. It's, I'll have to test it when, uh, when it gets on Sissy, but it, 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 it's going to slow down the ticks. So, you know, that one, yeah. one percent or whatever, <laughs> the one percent of the one percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a state taxes on your uh, seventh mansion is like, a wow, that's going to be crazy. So you think this is a good change, though, or a bad change? Like, I, um, I was a little bit I was a little bit surprised that they were targeting uh, the Titan weapon, to be honest. It never occurred to me that that was like OP or needed to work. Because, you know, it's fairly challenging to get a, you know, first of all, Titan riding is pretty risky to begin with. And then if you're using it offensively, it's, it's, it's pretty tricky to get yourself lined up and to get it off in a, in a good skilled way. Right. I mean, you can. So, like, yeah, you know, I think the, I think the thing is that, you know, for someone like me who bows on rats, maybe two hours a week maybe three tops and that's like on a crazy week. Um, maybe three hours every two weeks is like more kind of what I do. Um, for someone like me, it's not a big deal. Right. But if someone was boson ratting in the safety of their umbrella and they were doing it all day, 12 hours a day, that's insane. Right. That's insane because the ticks are like 110 to 120. Right. So, you're talking like 330 uh, every hour. I, so I would imagine that, uh, you know, the guys see the numbers and they're like, yeah, this right here <laughs> is a little excessive. We need to dial this down a little bit. Yeah, but it's, that's not much more than a super can get, right? Right. So like, It's I, easier, I, though. Is it easier? I, or or I, yeah. I, think it, I think it's... A super is a little bit less risky, though. No, I, I guess if you're, you're talking about under an umbrella, maybe not. But like for me, I I'd, yep. I wouldn't dare rat in my super, but I, I mean my Titan, but I would in my super. Yeah, I mean with a super, you have fighter management, and it's just more difficult. Yeah, you right? got to be paying more, attention. Yeah, aligning, and if you're not, and if the fighters stop, then they die. It's just it's a lot more going on with you know a Titan. It's much easier, much simpler. It's very simple, and you can have a conversation while you're doing it and that kind of stuff. True. All right. So uh, the other big one, and so I haven't actually gotten to fly one uh, since the buff, but I have uh, played around with some of them in fitting, but the new combat scepters, right? The howling or howling scepters or whatever they called them. Um, yeah. So the, the Tyrannus, uh, the one that I fit up, that's insane. 369 DPS from a little Tyrannus with drones. Like it's just now granted that's, you know, at 2k, right. But 
Yeah. That's an insane amount of DPS, man. So let's talk about that, though. I, yep. So the problem with the combat scepter is that once it lost its um, you know, interdiction nullification, it really became not much better or better at all to a Navy frigate, say the Comet, right? So still, like, yeah, we get a damage buff, and yeah, the number is looking better, but other than maybe a little bit of speed, how is it, how, why would you fly that over a Navy Comet, let's say? Um, like, show of hands, who's never flown a Navy Comet? Yeah, this guy. Well, maybe you should, and then you'd put that Rannis right back in the shitter where it belongs. Like, to be honest, I, I don't think that's what they needed. A damage buff is not what they needed, because you got Navy and Pirate Frigates that are comparable in cost, comparable comparable in speed, you know, and uh, I, I don't think it's enough to put them into a category where, yeah, I want to fly that Rannis because it fills this role. Like, isn't the point of a combat NT to be an anti-tackle interceptor, right? Like, it's, it wants to kill its brother, the, the tackle version of it. Um, so I was sort of thinking maybe it needed, like, a web bonus or some sort of scram bonus, that, something that would allow it to easily catch or, or more easily catch a pesky stiletto that's holding you down, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's interesting, right? So, well, maybe the, the fits will evolve right because i just and i put it in chat but you know i just kind of threw that one together right like a standard sort of interceptor fit um with no rep or anything just pure damage and i think you know cold or whatever it's going like 3700 i don't know um it is interesting though to think that it is a you know anti-interceptor right that is that is kind of interesting rather than like a small gang right yeah, I think a small gang, you're better off in Navy Comets, uh, for, especially for the cost, because you're going to get comparable DPS, a little bit slower, but tank, right? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't see how this puts you above above any one of those ships yet. You know, glass What's cannon. A Navy like, for? Mm, what is it like? Twelve mil probably for the hull or something. Oh, yeah, they're cheap, man. You know, and it gets comparable DPS, a good amount of tank. I mean, I cut my teeth on comets, right? Like, uh, um, I was, I had so many kills in a comet for a while, and then I, you know, we always talked about like, oh, we should do a Rannis Rome, and even when they were interdictor nullified, besides the Sov kind of thing that they were abused for, you kind of still want to be in a, in a frigate, uh, a normal Navy frigate over them. So I'm not, I'm not sure this puts it back on the map as something, a tool that somebody would actually use. It looked fun though. Yeah, it was pretty crazy uh, DPS from that little thing. Somebody chats um, maybe an AB bonus. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Oh, right, yeah. Um, you know, and then uh, another thing that they kind of hinted at was, uh, uh, I think some something everyone's been waiting on is a Munin nerf, right? Some <laughs> sort of uh, yeah. thing to kind of hit that out of the meta. And uh, I don't know, if if I had to nerf it, like if... You know, and if they told me, like, get rid of this thing out of the meta with one stat, the stat that I would remove is the speed. I'd get, like, get rid of, like, 30% of the speed. It'll be out of the meta in uh, two shakes of a lamb's tail, man. Yeah, 30% would be a heavy, heavy nerf. But, yeah, I mean, part of the problem with the Munin is a couple of things. One, the, the gun platform, right? The, the artillery gun platform is so good. Like medium artillery is a really good. They project 
they hit hard. Um, and it's the same sort of problem that Macarial has always had. The, the Macarial is OP not because it's a Macarial, but because of the gun that you can use, right? But combine that with the ability to not be able to hold these things down ever. They're going to just burn right out of bubbles. Like, they don't even care. You know, they'll just, you know, blap interceptors. They'll, you know, they, you can't hold them down, right? So they can engage and disengage at will, like you said. So may, maybe a hefty speed nerf or some sort of sig play or something. Yeah, but if the if the immunins get nerfed, um, I mean, I already know what's going to be the next meta, right? Don't I mean, it's going to be eagles, right? Like AB eagles or something. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, you know, the ADC is just so good, man. The, the assault damage control is so good. Even on the assault frigates, like, you know, we've been playing around with Kiki fleets and I like them, but they're not as good as a retribution gang because that ADC and the SIG bonus you get with an MWD and stuff like those things, even in the assault cruiser is what makes them so good. So I, I expect maybe that they'll probably nerf like something with the power grid and make it a little bit more challenging to fit those guns, probably. And maybe combine with a speed nerf or one of the two. Um, but yeah, if somebody will just switch to to maybe Eagles. Eagles though aren't aren't as fast as Immunin, right? Um, we've learned that a couple yeah. of times. Well, I mean the the main problem with Eagles is you need this. Uh, you need a like a, a number, right? You have to hit this, uh, you know, mass critical mass before you would field them, right? So without that mass, then they're just they're second rate. But if you can get, you know, a hundred and twenty, then you know you're sitting pretty. Yeah, as rail gun boats usually go, like you know, Ferox kind of need a certain amount of them to oh, do any. God. <laughs> that Ferox still haunts me, man, with the, from all the high set crap we did with those. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so really quick, so the, uh, you know, the, the way of sort of uh, diminishing returns, right, on the modules and on, um, you know, uh, attributes that affect a, or, or modules that affect a specific attribute and how each one affects it less, they go from the top, uh, the best to the worst so um apparently trig ships you know have been getting some weird damage numbers and uh they fixed it uh, because the ramp up was actually being included in that diminishing returns so it was like that, treating it as like each cycle is another damage mod right right so that means we're yeah. going to see bigger numbers out of trig ships yeah they said it's about three percent it's about three percent and they're they're going to take a look after that but I, I mean, a full ramp up like is you know that's what they need more very difficult. <laughs> yeah, well they do, um, they do. They, they're... I mean, look at look at the damage that uh, wormholers do with these things. The Iki Tursa, you know, they, they've been like ravaging supers and and uh, Oracles. Oracles stand no chance against an Iki gang. Like you got that five minute panic, and then you're just dead because of all the utility of these things pack, right? Like with newts and everything. So, yeah, you know, uh, an inner hell has been roaming around with that icky gang. And uh, like if I if that comes up on Intel, like like just immediately, immediately supers log in, like immediately. There's no joke. Yeah. Like it's it's go time. They are my these heroes. Guys are good. They these are good. So good, man. I really like them. 
I don't know. It's, I guess it's a good change. I mean, it's better to be clean about the mechanic, right? So that people can understand why they're not seeing like, cause you know, Eve nerds, right? They're doing the math in their head and they're, they're expecting a certain number at the end of the ramp up and they're not getting it. So, you know, making the mechanic clean and understandable is good. Even if it means even more DPS out of these monster ships. You know, and I tried a, an Icky Tursa in a tier five. I think it was like a firestorm or whatever the hell it was. But, uh, you know, I kept dying like over and over because the ramp up is so slow in the beginning. And I even tried the new uh, uh, the, the new mid-grade Memesa uh, implants on Sissy. Like, I just couldn't complete it in time. The, the, the ramp up yeah. was just killing me. The implant might have hurt you. Right, because it yeah increases the top damage, but you ramp up slower to that damage. Right, um, Drex. Uh, that's why, like, I go back and forth in, in my head about what's better uh, for a roaming gang ship. The, the Drekovic, you know, has lower damage cap, but ramps up a little bit quicker and easier to fit to his utilities. But the Iki has that damn assault damage control, which is fantastic in the Sig bonus. So. Um, it's a tough call between uh, which ship to use there. Yeah, and you know, you almost kind of are wanting like a. I, I think the Nurgle like needs a little bit of fitting room or something because it, for the Nurgle to be viable, man, it, it's so expensive. It's like six hundred mil, right, just to make it viable, because you have to dead space the mods just to get them in there. So. I don't know. I think, uh, you know, maybe the Nurgle's fitting room needs to be lessened up, loosened up a little bit, right? I don't know. Yeah, needs something, maybe a low slot even. Um, so the next thing, right? So um, assault frigates, assault frigates getting a speed reduction, like 10% across the board. And the one thing, as well as a little bit tighter fitting, and they gave out some numbers for like the Jaguar and such and such. I mean, the Ram Jag and, and these others, 10% speed is not going to hurt. I don't think. This is not going to hurt them that much. Probably not. I mean, not the, the way will. Used. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, know, you think about what a Ram Jag is doing, right? It's trying, in most cases, at least in null-set combat, it's going after the anchor. And the anchor is rarely going at full speed anyway because they're trying to keep their fleet together. You know, so 10% off the top. Not really going to nerf that gameplay, but yeah, I agree. If they they kick the crap out of the fitting, then it, then the pr part of the problem with the Ramjack is this unbelievable tank, right? The active tank bonus it gets. Yeah, and it's the only one that gets that boost bonus, right? So I, you know, honestly, I never really thought about it that much until I saw uh, Bjorn B streaming one day, and he was trying to get rid of some Jags and. And I just remember, like, he was just going on and on about how oppressive they were. And he was talking about the bonus and this and that. And th then I really sort of uh, kind of started taking notice of how insane they are, right? In the sense that, especially, uh, you know, you can do the double ancillary and it can just tank for days, right? And then you have the ADC, like, it's just... Uh, it's a it's a very very powerful tackle, and on top of that, the damn thing is uh, you know fast as hell, right? Like you know five six k. So 
yeah, I mean, I, I think it's good. I think it is good to to tone those down a little bit, and we'll see. Yeah, because like I mentioned before, I we tried to like fed up tried to experiment a few times with destroyer gangs and maybe cruiser gangs, but both of those classes are outclassed by the assault frigate right now, pretty hard, right? You you want to be in retributions, you don't want to be in kikis. They're fun, and kikis can do a lot of damage to capital ships and bigger ships, but. You know, you don't want to fight a retro gang and your Kiki gang. That's not going to work, right? Right, the, right. The assault frigate engagement profile is so huge. Like, you know, they need to, like, dial it back a little for sure. I think it's a good move. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, when there's only kind of there's only two interceptors that I that I always call for. Right. And I either call uh, for Jags or Instalocks. Right. Other everything else is you know, uh, second rate to, to those two. So an Instalock, if you're on a gate camp or, you know, you're trying to surprise someone and then the Jags are just heavy hitters. Uh, they'll tackle whatever, uh, you need tackled. And then, uh, so the next one is big, really big, very, very excited. Um, the Triglavian dreadnought, man, that's going to be baller. That's yeah. I'm oh pretty boy. excited, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think people have been calling for a Trig Dread or a Trig Capital ship of some kind for a while. Uh, it seems natural that they'd put out a Dread because the Trig signature thing is their weapon, right? So you don't want a Trig Carrier. That'd be kind of boring. But uh, a Dread is interesting. Um, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean kind of boring? Let's not get crazy. Let's not get crazy. Well, CCP, we still want a carrier. But what were we going to, you know, the bonuses on the carrier would be weird, right? You, what you want is something with a gun, that gun platform. Um, and, and I like what Rise said. Uh, <laughs> to be expected, it's going to be OP and, uh, and ridiculous, right? So I foresee structure bashes with these things. Um, if they're anything like regular trig ships, they can come with a lot of um, utility. So, like, I don't, I'm hoping that you can't like throw two capital newts on this thing and a gun and just like newt the shit out of a Rourke yourself or a super and just burn it down. That could be kind of scary. Well, the, the, so when I just kind of, um, you know, was looking at the stats, right? So the big stat that I saw, which um, kind of jumped out at me is a hundred kilometer engagement range, right? So currently, there's only one dread that can do that, and that's the Rev with Scorch. And we use Revs as well as Titans um, to kill inhibs, right? Uh, drop them at 105, kill the inhibs, um, drop a Titan, kill the inhibs, etc. And with the Trig Dread being able to do that, hit out to, you know, let's say if it can hit out to 120, that's perfect, right? That's perfect. Now, the the real kind of question comes, uh, you know, how much is it going to cost, right? Is it worth dropping that, right? So, like, and let me give you an example. So, today, um, Pando in it came and they brought a Goku fleet. Um, and I dropped a Titan, a Haw, and a Fax, right? And, I know this was yesterday, yeah. Yeah, I think it was yesterday. Well, he was around and, today too, so. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I get it confused. Uh, like he's here every day, sometimes twice a day, so I forget. So yeah, we lost, uh, and we lost that hall, right? So, and we lost the hall because he sieged, 
and you know they just were able to shoot through the reps right with the without goku fleet so what's interesting though is if it can fire out to 110 is it going to be worth dropping one of those right or is it just going to be you know um the 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 gangbuster right so i mean i'm kind of leaning towards it'll just be gangs right it'll be in a group of five or six um because if it's able to to siege right and you can't rep through the sieges um then you're just going to need a mass of them right you're going to need you know five or ten of them and then and then you start thinking about like well how much is that right so uh, somebody said and i forget where they saw it but they said something about the bpc or something was 400 mil on top of the normal cost so if and it's it has that red stuff in it you know it's going to be i don't know i'm guessing probably around five bill right six bill yeah and, and you know that's what's good about it and, and I, I don't really mind that the that the trig ships are a little bit op because they cost so much right uh it the, the red loot balances it so well it's too expensive to make a mainline doctrine so you they fall into these little like niche things that you do with them right and and i think the dread will be a lot like that and you can't forget about the phoenix though ron too right the phoenix of cruise missiles can hit out far beyond 100 um iron armada did this a lot they called them coast guards right you get a bunch of dreads to commit siege up and then drop coast guard um, cruise phoenixes at range and then kill them all, right? Um, so I do think that this is going to be like a gangbuster kind of dread. Um, I think it'd be really good at killing oracles. Um, like today, uh, the quickest way to kill a oracle these days I've seen is drop like two or three dreads and like an archon with a full rack of capital noose and the thing just dies. Like if these things can do it on their own without the archon, that's pretty crazy. Um, obviously it's going to be a great structure basher, you know, there's a popular strategy. Now you put like an active rep rev on like a fort and just sit there and tank the fort and RF it. Um, I bet you do a really good job at that too. Um, but it's definitely interesting. I, and I'm not worried about it being OP yet. I don't know how you feel. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> well, so I agree with, I enjoy that they are a little OP, um, uh, because they are so expensive. Because if they weren't, no one would own the damn things. Like, I wouldn't buy something, you know, uh, that's more expensive with that only gave me the same. So I enjoy that they're a little bit more expensive. I think, you know, so we use uh, cruise um, phoenixes as well, right? So we call them B-52s. And we use them, uh, we use like three or four at a time um, to reinforce Fortisars and such like that at like 300, 250 or whatever. So... I, you know, the, the bad thing about like the Phoenix, right, is the damage, the, the time that did, uh, it takes for the damage to apply. And that can be critical, right? Like, uh, sure. especially like on an inhib, you know, with the inhib, um, you know, with a Titan, I can take it down, you know, in like four cycles, five cycles, and that's it. And it's done. They want to drop another one, done. That one's done too. Um, you know, one of the, the problems with the drop yesterday was, you know, I thought that, you know, I wasn't sure about the tracking, right? Like, because uh, they were doing, you know, some tracking disruption and this and that. I wasn't sure how effective it would be or damping or any of this kind of crap. So, um, you know, the hall was like a backup or not a hall. Yeah, the hall was a hall rev was a backup. But, 
you know, um, we killed their dread too. So it kind of evened out. Yes. I don't, I don't know, it's, it's, it's interesting and I'm, I'm excited to, to get a new dread, uh, especially uh, a really long range one. That'll be kind of cool. Yeah. New tools. Uh, somebody in chat said, um, would the cost of a dread trig dread at five to six bill be too prohibitive for me to license my guys to use willy nilly? Um, uh, I don't really, we don't really police kill boards. Like if somebody had the money to buy that thing and tried to use it and got, and it died, I, I wouldn't be upset about it. Um, we do try and encourage our capital group to be smart about what they're doing and make the right decisions. And, but you know, uh, if somebody got the money and bought one and wanted to try and, and kill a ro- an enemy Rourke with it or something, and he wound up losing it, well, you yeah. know, good try. <laughs> well, I guess the real question is, would you SRP it, right? And if and if so, what would you SRP it for? I would not SRP that whole thing. No. Oh, well, <laughs> okay, so that changes your answer. Oh, yeah, no, you could you could fly the thing. But you're not getting SRP, so that's a whole different ball game. <laughs> well, you know, a smaller alliance like myself, I can't be SRPing six billion ships, and my guys know that, right? So if you yep. if you're buying that, it's not going to be doctrine, right? Our doctrine is rev for dread bombs and 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 things like that. But if so, if you go outside doctrine and you're using that ship and you're and you want to use it, you know, they know that they're using it without expecting full SRP. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It reminds me of sort of. Um, like the SRP for a Titan or faction Titan, right? So a faction Titan gets SRP'd for a normal Titan. So, yeah, you know, so. would, would the trick dread like be uh, SRP'd at like the rev hall? You know what I mean? Rev hall plus fittings kind of thing. I would say probably, right? Because even test is not going to probably indoctrinate that ship, right? Because it's not sustainable as a doctrine. It's a niche thing. It's, Maybe a SIG would do it. Like maybe DKS would come up with something and they would choose the SRP it or something. But yeah. Yeah. As I'm trying to uh, uh, nano my third Titan. Yeah. So it could be something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Antiplexes, right? Uh, so my, my first question is, so Antiplex jump bridges, right? Antiplex sino jammers? Question mark? That's my and beacons. Well, you know, uh, then, I'll, then uh, you know, it, it's a trifecta of awesome then for, for real. So because those aren't ansiblexes, right? Like the, the jammer is a tenebrex, right? Yeah. So like, how come those things aren't specifically mentioned here? Because the ansiblex jump gate is not the problem. Right, Ron? <laughs> well, so, you know, I, I think it's. So it's not a problem for you and me, right? It's not our problem. But um, what it is, it's a loss of an opportunity for others to be able to camp it, right? So, yeah. you know, it, so uh, as an example, um, our, you know, like on DP, I think it's like 225 off of um, the Keepstar. If anyone wants to camp that, like we've got a Keepstar Doomsday that will just eat them up right every five minutes yeah, boom, boom, boom. i've lost half a fleet to a doomsday camping yep. Yep. yeah so so it, it's a loss of opportunity with that so so imagine you know a small gang right so and, and i'm a fan of small gangs like and when i say small i mean 
like um, like less than 50, right? Or less than 40 people. So let's say you want to bring 25 of your friends, right? And you want to come down um, to our staging and you want to get a fight, right? So your, your options are very limited in that. So like, what are you going to do? Hit a structure? Um, you know, these kinds of things. Well, if you want to camp, you know, the Ansiplex, well, we're just going to doomsday you. So moving them out of range of a structure, I think is super cool. Um, I think it, it offers that it offers the, the also tactically, right? So, um, one thing that, you know, I enjoyed doing was, uh, hitting jump gates before big fights, right? Um, if I have a big fight coming up over here and their staging is over here, I'm going to hit those two jump bridges, right? All I have to do is reinforce them. I don't have to kill them, just reinforce them. And then they're non-operational for, you know, uh, the big fight. So it, it throws a lot of different things up in the air because if you want to keep them, then you're going to have to defend them, right? You're going to have to undock and you're going to have to defend them in some way. So I like it, but I mean, you know, I've already talked about Sino jammers and how they are like the literal devil. So getting those things off of keep stars is, oh, oh don't even like, that's just, I, I already feel like I'm getting too much. I already feel like it's Christmas, <laughs> you know, like I'm getting too many presents now. No, you're right though. These are, these are very good changes and you're right. It does open up uh, some gameplay that wasn't there before. Yeah. You know, it, the war just ended though. Right? Like, two I know. Months ago, <laughs> like, two months like, ago, this, maybe a little, uh, you know, I'm trying to work with you here. <laughs> well, maybe the boys in the North now uh, that are skirmishing will get some, some added gameplay out of it for sure. Because yeah, that war dragged on quite a bit because it was so hard to attack those, those new structures. Yeah. And you know, I, so the last sort of thing about that is so Suetonia posted about um, the grandfathering, right? So should, uh, should people, be grandfathered in. And uh, I have to, you know, say that I don't think they should be, man. I I don't think that we all of our stuff should be grandfathered in. You know, so number one, um, we don't need an advantage, period, right? Um, and number two, like, we don't deserve an advantage. Just because we were able to plan it first doesn't mean we should have a you know, a permanently, um, you know, ad advantageous kind of position. I, I, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I, I just think that maybe there's, maybe it's too difficult or something, or, um, you know, if they gave like free unanchoring, you know, maybe unanchor in 12 hours for one day so we could just move them all. Or if they told us now, right. And we could start moving things now. Um, because I, I just, uh, I don't know. I don't think that we should get an advantage. What do you think? No, totally not. I think the rule should apply to everyone. And yes, it's a logistical nightmare for us to take on all our shit and move it out. But like you said, it really, this one should not be a chaos change, right? This one should be like, this is going to be implemented in a month or in the next, next month so that you have time to move your stuff out a little at a time. And then I think if you do it that way, it's more than fair um, and then everyone's on the, on the same pl platform. Yeah. You know, I actually, I asked dunk to come on, but, uh, I, I don't think he was able to get out of work soon enough, but, um, 
it, it is a logistical nightmare and it is going to be a lot of work, a lot of work. But um, just to keep everything fair, uh, you know, I think uh, that's, uh, I don't know, I, 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 you know, I don't think we should be grandfathered, but that's just me. I agree. Um, so one of the things, you know, that I enjoyed about his talk was he was, um, you know, I don't know if he's going to pay for this <laughs> down the road. But like um, when you start talking about things that are on the table, right, when you start thinking about um, these are the possible uh, things that we're going to be looking at in the next few months or something, you know damn well there's somebody writing all this crap down that's putting dates on it, putting calendar events to remind people about it so they can, you know, post about it every three days or four days. Um, but what I, but I enjoyed uh, a lot of them. And then one of the things in particular, like I've gotten a lot of, uh, questions about, but, uh, so low power structures, right. Um, so how do you, uh, how do you feel about like Citadel spamming and low power structures? Yeah, I, I think it's been a problem a long time, but it's too easy to spam down structures. Um, and, and it dilutes the whole quality of gameplay that citadel can be because it's too easy to replace and spam for sure yeah um what do you think about removing that removing citadels right so you know they don't uh, do anything with them so they're low power and they're everywhere and you know in particular i'm thinking of uh you know those bastards down in catch right with hundreds and hundreds of them like yeah <laughs> So you brought up something on your stream that I saw uh, the other day where you felt like if the structure was sitting there in low power for too long, that it would somehow degrade. Um, and that sort of goes in hand in hand with another change that somebody told me that they would like to see um, to also combat time zone tanking. So you got a couple of problems, right? You can spam the shit out of them. You can put them directly into your time zone. And, and there's often not a lot of things your enemy could do about that if they're in the opposite time zone. So what if they sit there in low power and they decay over time? You know, maybe they lose a bit of armor. And also, like, what if you put the thing into armor reinforcement and then you do it multiple times, it loses armor every time. So it gets quicker to reinforce every time and you can't really fully repair it. You know, something like that to make it a little bit easier to clear these things out. You know, I, I kind of liked your idea. Yeah, you know, I, I think that they're very easy to put down. We did it, right? Um, Citadel spamming, and they're very easy to put down. And you just have those two timers that you have to worry about, the initial drop timer, which they probably won't be aware of, and then the anchor timer, right? And if you watch that anchor timer, if you form heavy for that anchor timer, it's going down, right? It, it, or it's going, it's getting anchored. So, but my thing is, so you do that, and now you have a structure, what, forever? Like, <laughs> Yeah, for like, at least eight days, right? Like, it's just, I think that, you know, if a structure degraded over time, that the longer you didn't turn it on, or the longer it didn't have fuel, it just slowly deteriorated, right? And, and until, if you haven't touched it in, let's say, 120 days, you know, or 150 days, five months, if you haven't touched it, um, it should just be like a one shot, one kill, right? Now, uh, I still think that it should have, you know, all of the normal asset safety and all that. Like, I don't want, 
I don't want the people that have put their stuff in there to suffer because some uh, some guy went AFK and he was the only guy who had rolls. But uh, I do think that they should be easier to kill. And you should just be able to take, you know, 15 or 20 dreads, you know, in a system and just be able to clear house in like three or four hours and just be done with all of them. Do you think that um, systems or constellations should be limited to how many citadels of a particular type can even exist in their region or constellation or system? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, uh, and I think Rise actually mentioned it or some something. The thing about that is I, I really think it should be something with ADM. Um, you know, and if the hostile ADM is six, right, um, you can put down two or one or something like that. And the, the lower the ADM is, the more you can put down, right? Something that has to do with ADM or activity or something, because they're, they're easy to spam right now. Um, they're hard to get rid of. You know, it's just a, it's an ongoing issue, right? And so, like, one issue I'm thinking about is, you know, a bunch of, there's a bunch of structures out in catch and, and all that. And, um, the people that have put them there allow docking for everyone outside of, you know, the people that live there, right? So just to harass them. And so if you fight another group there, uh, an enemy group, right? And they have docking rights. So what does that mean? If they have docking rights, then they can just asset safety everything and death clone home. So they don't even have to leave, right? Yeah. What about on the defense side? What what about like your home system? Should you be limited to how many keep stars you can spam in a a region or constellation? Like, should you be able to put up five keep stars in a system? You know, I I think, I think what's interesting, what's an interesting thought around stuff like that is if you have more than one keep star in a system and like, I, I think we should also state this is like such an edge case, <laughs> you know, like, what is it? Maybe goons? Like, they're the only people. I mean, I, I think that like keep stars could be linked somehow in their uh, timers, right? So if you have two keep stars in a system and you ref one of them, both of them should be refed, right? I mean, th- there needs to be some, um, I don't know, some sort of, mechanism or something that allows you to do a massive amount of damage to several different structures. I don't know. I'm not sure what it is or, or whatever, but um, I don't know. But, you know, I don't think there should be, if you have a high ADM, then I don't think you should have like any sort of limitations because I remember one of the original sort of uh, design thoughts around that was they did want a lot of structures to make it seem, you know, like, your capital was alive or something, right? So if you have like ADM five or six, uh, like I I don't think there should really be a a limitation as much as if the ADM goes down, maybe something happens to smaller structures or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, the spam problem is not just a null sec issue, right? I mean, it gets spammed in high sec and in low sec as well. So yeah, I'm interested to see what the continued iteration on Citadels are. Because I feel like they could be so much more emergent, but they're not because they're one dirt cheap. Anyone and their mother can spam right throughs or astro houses. 
and you could put them everywhere. Even the Fortizar is expendable. Like, why is the Fortizar so expendable? Like, no one even cares. You know, Fortizars hold the risk gate and dock capitals, so that's an added, like, yeah, I should pay attention to that. But, you know, you could, you could throw down Fortizars pretty easily, too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the Citadel spamming is, uh, there, there's an issue with that. So, uh, the show we did, what, two weeks ago, um, Faction Warfare, right? So, you know, and Ryze was talking about how, you know, they, they've almost uh, tackled Faction Warfare three or four times, right? And they've almost gotten there, and then something else kind of takes its place um, because it just never hits on that priority list. Um, and, you know, what, what else was interesting is he mentioned the missions, right? So, and he said that the, the easy fix on that would just be to reduce the payouts on the missions. And I think if we asked the Faction Warfare guys, they would say yes to that. Uh, you know, with everything in Faction Warfare, because it's in low sec and because there are multiple groups that are even outside of Faction Warfare interacting with it, reducing the payout for missions Yes, it fixes some of the things the guys that were on two weeks ago were griping about, but that is a main source of income for a faction warfare pilot, right? When I was in faction warfare, the only S guy got was from running missions. So if you nerf that, you're nerfing that gameplay. So yes, you're 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 sort of discouraging the farmers from seeing it as an income source, but you're you're kicking the faction warfare pilots down a notch too. And Faction Warfare already has a income ceiling to it, which is why a lot of people move out into wormholes to make bigger money or out to nullsec to make bigger money. Um, I think it's another one of those things that's easy to do. You know, CCP can knock down those numbers really quick, um, but it's not elegant enough. That's not that's not what they need. It won't fix the problem that they're describing. So, you know, after that um, episode, I was thinking about it a little bit. And, you know, one of the things that I thought would be interesting is what if, I mean, but see, this can still be farmed, right? It can still be farmed. But what if, you know, you got some sort of credit or whatever for actually killing enemy pilots, right? Multiple numbers and different names and this and that. And with that sort of credit, then you were able to do missions. Does that make sense? So yeah. it would like have rank, to be a you, combat like rank pilot. Up. Yeah, like you, you sort of rank up, and then at a certain rank, you you're you're open to run um, faction warfare missions. I sort of like that. Yeah, that's it's a good road to to explore. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, you know, because one of the problems is, you know, I guess the the lame asses uh, just kind of show up and they didn't take part in the war or whatever. They're just there to farm the LP and whatnot, and uh, yeah. I don't know. So uh, there, there's probably, you know, something around that, and I'm sure it can be gamed somehow, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Faction Warfare is on the table. Which um, is good. Um, so the next thing is the one that I got the most uh, uh, questions about, right? The most concern for uh-huh. um, anti-capital bombs. <laughs> <laughs> so Ron is liked most of the list, and then we get to this one, and he's like, "No, my Titan! Damn you, Pando!" So, so first off, you know, um, I like how you know he immediately said, "Not for the bomber hull, right? Not for that chassis." 
And I completely agree with that. I completely agree because, uh, first off, uh, bombers are ridiculously OP, right? They're just so stupid. Um, the, I don't understand why that hull hasn't been split up. All right. So, and, and when I say split up, I mean, why not, not sure. have a, like a bomber, like bomb delivery, uh, hull and then, you know, a torpedo hull, right? Like just some sort of split up situation, like the T threes or something. I don't know. Like, it's just so silly that some of the most powerful things about that hull, like you don't even use, um, you know, you can just, you can throw a cloak on it. You can warp cloak, you instantly lock, you can go through wormholes cause it's so small. You can project a lot of damage. I mean, even torpedoes, the, the range on torpedoes could stand for a little bit of a, a little, a little, uh, change, a little dial, <laughs> dial down. So I think it would be cool. Now, you know, splitting up the hulls, to be honest, would not affect most of the fleets that I see today, right? Like a Goku fleet, right? It wouldn't affect that because you would just, it, it wouldn't even be using like the stealth portion of it, right? That would be a different hull. So I don't know, there's some way that they could split it up. So when they were talking about the anti-capital bombs, I, um, I love that they said it's not for the bombers because they got a lot going for them. Awesome. Uh, God, some yeah. new sort of uh, hull, and that I love, right? Like, because automatically I think of Star Wars, and I think of that heavy bomber, right? That was dropping the bombs. So some sort of call, maybe like a battle cruiser or something, something yeah, big. I, I was thinking cruiser because the cruiser hull lacks roll a lot. Like, you know, maybe maybe a cruiser hull could do it. Yeah, I mean, it would be. I, I just think that would be cool. I mean, it would, it would suck for me. Right. But I think it would be cool for the game. Right. I think it would be interesting. And I think that if you do, uh, you know, have like a cruiser hole or a battle cruiser hole that is a bomb delivery mechanism, um, I think that would just be cool, man. And the other thing that I really liked about it was the uh, small uh, damage radius, like a one kilometer damage radius. So you have to be pinpoint precision. But. <laughs> If you're really good yeah, at aiming and you, let's say you, you have five hit. of them, shit's going to die. Like, I like that. That's cool. That's cool. Well, like, yeah, I mean, it harkens to like nor naval warfare, right? Uh, old school torpedoes. Yep. Like, yeah, I mean, yes, it's hard to aim that thing. But if you hit, it was GG, right? I agree, dude. I agree. And so I think uh, I like it. Um, I like that. And I like that it might be difficult to get it behind enemy lines and that sort of thing. I'm kind of. I just like the whole sort of thing of an anti-capital sort of bomb delivery, right? Like, I, I think that's cool. Um, you know, and they, they said that, you know, it's 300K uh, damage. So, you know, 300K is going to be what, about six would kill a Rorkle right around in there? Yeah. Like, Jesus. I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. I think it would be cool, though. It will be cool. I, I agree. I think it's another gameplay opened up to... Uh, you know, there are a lot of people in EVE that are looking for that special role. I have a lot of people in Fed Up like, you know, I don't like just flying a Munin and a 100 Munin fleet. What can I do that I can make an impact other than just pressing F1 when the, when the FC says? So having like a, a target be spotted and then like, you know, able to kill it with this like super special tactic is kind of cool. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And especially now, uh, you know, with the boost nerf, I think, you know, having little wings of 
anti-capital bombers like would just be that, that would just be cool like you know be having to try to deal with that that'd just be cool so i'm down uh i think uh you know that they're still going to work on it and figure out what uh, hull or whatever but i'm down i think it's cool so they were talking about like did you catch the trig structure affecting the systems thing no, I, I missed that part. Yeah, I see Exo was telling me about it, but um, they, were, they were talking about that thing that's appearing on stars. Is that the structure that they're talking about? I'll be honest. The, the um, stellar accelerators? Yeah, I'll be honest. Like When they started talking about the anti-capital bombs, I think my eyes glazed over as I was like thinking about what the hell <laughs> they're talking about. And, like, I, <laughs> you know, and then they were like talking about like the trig structures. I, I think this is something around when they're talking about like uh, this faction warfare sort of thing where you have to pick a, you know, a race or you pick the Triglavians or something and there's something about a structure, maybe that, and that's kind of like where they get to the weather effects, you know? And I think this kind of harkens back to where um, we talk about local, right? And blackout. And I, I, you know, I'm still a fan of, uh, you know, maybe local is tied to ADMs or something like I, I still think something like that is, is cool. Right. Like, because that would add sort of these like clear boundaries between this is occupied space and this is unoccupied space and the unoccupied space, even though it might have a flag, right. It might have solve, but it's unoccupied. It's unused. Therefore there's no local, right. There's no upkeep on it. Right. And, and this kind of goes back to the low power structure. Right. If you don't uh, upkeep it or you don't have anything going on in this particular area, you may have your flag there. But, um, you know, now it doesn't have local, that kind of thing. I don't know. Might be kind of interesting. Yeah, I like anything that adds terrain to the map of Eve. Right. Which is why I like faction warfare plexes. Right. So terrain, yep. you know, changing environment, depending on where you are. You know, over here is more dangerous because there's local and there's things. But out here in the, on the fringe is a bit of fog of war. You can maybe move around more stealthily over there. Or, you know, there's an invasion with this stick on it and it changes the way your ship behaves. Like dynamic terrain on the map is something that I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this, you know, they t- so we already have weather effects, right? So we already have that. And um, the weather effect that I'm thinking of is around incursions, right? So when an incursion happens, there's a weather effect that affects the systems uh, that it's at and around it. You can't light sinos and, uh, you know, it has a new chat channel and it has all these other little things around it. So we already have that weather effect. So being able to take that and move it around, um, you know, I think that's interesting, right? But it's like you can't make it too uh, like too dangerous i guess like too risky compared to normal because people just won't undock like you know yes that's a tough balance i think ccb struggles with all the time they want to make things dangerous and and hard but you got to balance that against the people's will to just dock up and not do it <laughs> Yeah, seriously, like Eve, no, Eve players are really stubborn. Like during you saw that in Blackout, man. People were just like, "Nope, just not doing it." Nope. And no matter what I told them or what I showed them, there were certain people that were like, "I'm just not logging in until that shit's over." So, yeah. And you see that even with incursions, right? An incursion rolls through your your constellation. A lot of people just take the week off. 
and wait for you to run it down and then come back. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a tricky thing, right? So, you know, I, I think that the real way to kind of trick players, um, like, it, it's not, like, it's not making it riskier, right? Like, that doesn't trick people, right? So, like, as an example, right, if, if I wanted um, to get, like, more supers fighting, like, more supers dying, right, that kind of thing, um, the, what I would do is I would add some sort of advantage of having that on the field uh, to not having it on the field, right? So that's really where the risk comes in. And that's where people will risk it more, right? Um, higher risk, higher rewards, right? So as it stands, you know, um, like I, I'm willing to lose all of my supers and all that, but you know, I want to lose them in a fight, right? Like I want to lose them, you know, something not just uh, drifting off tether or something ridiculous, right? So, if, if there was some sort of interesting mechanic around supers on field and they give some sort of advantage, and then you could have super versus super combat, like I think that would be uh, that'd be awesome, man. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right, so. Um, so that was it for the changes and the possibilities that they talked about in Vegas. Um, do you have anything else that, uh, you wanted to add to any of that? Man, I mean, there was so much talked about in Vegas. Like, I know a lot of people came back and said, oh, it was kind of boring. Uh, and I'm like, how? <laughs> you know, there's, there's so much coming down the pipe. And, you know, honestly, it's encouraging. It's encouraging. I know a lot of people have been complaining about the age of chaos and, like, where are we going? Is there a direction the game is going? And I think after Vegas, I feel a little bit better. I don't know how about you feel, Ron, but there is pipelines. There's stuff that they're working on. There's a semblance of, of where the meta, they want to push the meta, right? That seems to be CCP's direction. I want to push the meta. So if we all play under that, that guise um, and, and take a look at these changes, I think a lot of them are very good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Um, that what I, what I always really like is that um, they're always willing to change uh, things that are kind of diehard or, or uh, you know, you almost feel like they're set in stone, right? Like Sinos, you know? Um, and, you know, I, I'm always a fan of changing the rules for everyone and, and making it more difficult. And maybe that's because uh, I'm – like a, a mental masochist or something that, you know, the, the more difficult it is, um, the, the more strategy in the gameplay and the more exciting and, you know, the, the benefits are better. So I always enjoy the complexities that they're adding, you know, to things like that. So I don't know. I mean, I'm a fan of the Sino changes now, right? Like uh, it adds, it's just, it's more difficult, you know, and we were just actually talking about this today, but like, you know, before the Sino changes, just about anyone could run the defense fleet, right? Just about anybody. Um, someone that, you know, moderately skilled, right? As long as they didn't call supers, moderately skilled could, you know, tell the Roracle to light the Sino and jump in, right? But now it's more difficult, right? With inhibs and, and ranges and different recons and getting, you know, your beacons bubbled and things like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm always a fan of 
the, the complexities and adding more to it and adding more range. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm super happy, dude. Like, I, I mean, it's all good stuff. Yeah, push the meta. That, that should be what we're all oh. expecting. So Exxon uh, just uh, PM'd. He said that the new trig structures affecting the systems, he said this is already in the game, the Triglavian Stellar Accelerators. They appear in foothold systems within invasions. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. All right. So, <laughs> so uh, you, you can't show those screenshots? No, I've been trying to figure that out. Yeah. I'm, a ter- I'm, a, I'm a terrible producer, but I will get better. Dude, dude, it's your first time, man. Like, we have both cameras going. Like, mine's a green screen, but that's fine. But we have both cameras going, and there's been no interruptions. So, dude, it's uh, A++ in my book, brother. A++, yeah. man. Next time, we'll get your green screen going, and we'll show graphics. <laughs> that's fine, it's man. A, it's a stretch goal. It's a stretch goal. A stretch goal. All right. So uh, what I'll do is I'm going to post the links in in chat, right? So so that is uh, the new Malagarian skin or whatever it is for the avatar. Uh, yeah, so cool. the Halloween skins, all green, um, like 15 or 20 holes. Uh, like th- they... They kind of remind me of like the old school like Green Goblin, right? From the Batman comics, dude. I I think it's I think it's stuff's cool, man. I think it's great. It's all good. I love all this stuff. Um, your new icky skin is pretty sick too. Yeah, there's the whole uh, screenshot of all of them. Um, oh, and then you know the uh, old time favorite, uh, the Headhunter skins, Headhunter skins, and this is more holes, right? This is more. Yeah. Yeah. So this is more holes. Um, and, you know, honestly, like any time that you crash the market on these skin hoarders, because these bastards are the bane of my existence. Um, <laughs> I love it. And then I uh, was like totally, uh, totally streaming for um, the Vegas skins. And, uh, and sure enough, like within like 15 or 20 minutes, some very generous and kind soul uh, hooked me up with a code. And so I got the uh, casino skin for all of them, the Icky, the Nurgle, and uh, the Draeger. Yeah, so, so, you know, cool. sitting pretty, brother. Sitting pretty. You know, like, come on. Give me the skins. It's super cool. All right. So the last thing, and I actually didn't write uh, a note about this, but the last thing, I just want to throw this out there. Um, I thought so. I thought this is really interesting. All right. So, oh, so news, right? So, um, have we talked about snuffed out? We haven't. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, that's a loaded question, Ron. Um, I have mixed oh, feelings. I about don't. It, I, right? I don't know what you mean, sir. <laughs> I have mixed feelings about it. Um, in a way, of course, I am gonna feel a little bit selfishly happy about that. I. I I don't like shitting on groups, but you know, they kind of overfished their, their watering holes, you know, you know, if they, I can't help but to think if they just, you know, didn't force me out completely of the whole region, I might've grown to something that might've given them content or something that was a little bit better than shooting my Fortizar with Titans. I couldn't contest, you know, their oppression, I think hurt them in the end. Um, but I do not like to see PVP focus groups break up. 
and there's been a, a string of those a lot lately. Um, I, I don't think many people are leaving the game. I, I see a lot of people have moved their themselves out to different groups, and I, and I think that's good. Um, I also think that Eve having an enemy or having a group that that a lot of people hate is healthy, right? You got to have a bad guy, um, you know, because everyone thinks they're the good guys. Uh, I think Snuff was about the only group that kind of admitted that they weren't the good guys. Um, so yeah, mixed feelings, Ron. Um, I, I think people should take a look at what happened there and like understand that being elite and oppressive can be fun, but the the side effect is you wind up sitting in in, in space that has nothing to shoot at anymore. Yeah. And you know, I, so I personally, I've always, I've always been sort of lukewarm about snuffed. Like I, I, I didn't have an opinion either way. Um, you know, but I, I saw Capri Sun joined them. So I knew they were going to die. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, so I, I didn't really feel, uh, either way about them. Um, you know, they were like playing the bad guy or whatever. And they're like the low sec, you know, elites or whatever. But, you know, from being on TIS, man, and like talking, um, cause you guys forced me to talk to faction warfare people all the time, all the time. So talking to like faction warfare people and talking to like low sec groups and totally different groups, right? Um, the feeling I always got from them was that snuffed out was just like this oppressive force that just took all the moons and just beat the hell out of them any chance they got. And, you know, and with this and that. And then um, I, I thought the entire group was like this super toxic like group. But uh, what, I what I've come to realize is actually just like one corp. That's like yeah, super toxic. It's not everybody. To be yeah. honest, Haiwanto has always been very respectful to me and, and uh, yeah. our other leaders. Like we've chatted with him. He was never edgy with us. You know, there, some of them were, but he was not. So you're right. Not all of them are these edge lords that they kind of get painted like. Yeah. So, and that, that's so. That's exactly what I've heard from people, right? So I, I don't, I don't know the guy, but everyone speaks highly, you know, of the leadership of snuffed out, and um, you know, that's all great. But this one corp, um, you know, like is just a super toxic and super edgy group that uh, goes way beyond the limits and this and that. Um, so you know, I. Just from an outsider looking in, it looks like they are a a big null group that was too big for low sec, but they moved into low sec and they just dominated, right? And they just didn't um, move out of the house. I guess like they're like the twenty three year old high school student, right? Like they're, they're just they're staying there because they can beat the hell out of everyone and they're not going to go anywhere. So um, I. You know, I, a lot of them, you know, just don't want to partake in the like snuffed out thing, but they're still going to play the game and they're still going to enjoy it and still going to do the thing. So, you know, it's all good. Yeah. All right. So the last thing I wanted to talk about was, um, so there was a post on Reddit um, and it was this new bro and like he had this, uh, you know, really bad experience with this high sec corp and blah, blah, blah. And I posted on there. I'm like, oh, you know what? I 
you know, am a white knight and, uh, you know, I'm always looking for causes, right. And new bros protection and new bros, like that's, uh, you know, one of my things. So, uh, got in touch with him. Well, it turns out he's actually not that great either, but here's the interesting part, right? So PPD, uh, perimeter police department up in high sec. So what would be cool is what if PPD kind of role played a little bit and they were like the, uh, uh, I don't know, like vigilantes or whatever of high sec. And they would hunt down these high sec kind of sweatshops and just bust them up. What, I, <laughs> I think that's just so cool, dude. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I don't like high sec, man. So I, I don't really have a lot of comments on, on that, but uh, yeah, anything that opens up uh, roles for people to fill, there are all kinds of people in Eve that are looking for, Maybe not hardcore role play, but a little bit of role play um, and and some purpose, right? The the beauty of a sandbox is you can do whatever you want, but it also suffers under its own beauty sometimes because you don't have any purpose. Like flying around and ganking that guy and killing this fleet is cool for a while, but what am I accomplishing? So if you, if right. you, could, if you could turn in a group into that and you feel like you're accomplishing, this is your mission, then yeah, that's great. The more groups like that, the better. All right, so a uh, question from chat. Uh, do you think Snuffed is comparable to Pirate, meaning they have grown too big for their pond but refuse to move to larger areas? Um, so Pirate is not too big for their pond. <laughs> yeah. So Pirate and Snuffed I've... Out are completely different. So no, Pirate is like, um, uh, it would be like a softball league that I would be in, like in real life right now, right? Snuffed Out, is like a college team <laughs> yeah, that's or playing in high school. Or yeah, like yeah. a triple A team that's playing in the high school division, right? And and all of the uh, major league baseball teams are like, dude, come on, come on. And they're like, nah, we're good here in the we're good here in the, the high school league, right? So so pirate, like I honestly like I, I get such a kick out of seeing all the day four of pirate <laughs> pirates destruction, everybody War deck them, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, and you remember we talked to Pirate months and months ago, right? And they were like, hey, you know what? We got it coming and we're, we're ready. So they formed that like kind of super Voltron Pirate. So I don't know. But Pirate isn't, uh, they're, they're nowhere near uh, Snuffed Out. Snuffed Out was was pretty big, man. They, they, they pulled off some really great plays and some, uh, yeah. some hardcore strategy. Yeah, not to take too much away from them, right? They did overfish low sec and they were very oppressive, but they do have very good notches on their belt. You know, they were they were very good at what they did. They killed a lot of supers. They messed with people bigger than them a lot of times. So it wasn't all oppression. It just that's what kept making the news, I think. Yeah. Um so I think that's all I have. Did do you have anything else? I don't know, man. That was a pretty uh packed show. Uh right. Uh, well, I mean, dude, like it's Halloween, brother. I know. It's a lot to digest, a lot going on, a lot for cre content creators to grapple with, right? You know, as a leader now, I have to figure out, you know, I do I keep pushing the immune in? I don't know because I don't know what the nerf's going to be. Do I need to, like, try to meta and get ahead of it and see what the next the next fleet comp is going to be? Like, do I push that? You know, there's a lot of things to, to mull over and keep up on, which is good. I think it's good. Well, and the other thing, right, is so Tickle's leaving Legacy, and then they're going to be over there yeah. fighting Kavi now. So that's another interesting kind of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's an actually uh, an interesting development for us because, you know, Tickle was sort of that um, group to our northish, and that was our path into Pravi. So we'd go up that way through their jump gates to get content. So if they're going to not be there anymore, that's going to be a little different for us. Yeah, so they moved out. So they're going to be fighting Pravi, I think, uh, just for content or whatever. But they're, that's the they're word leaving the street, legacy. Yeah. So, you know, you might have to go defend Pravi. Never know. Hmm. Oh, and uh, Star Frontiers um, Corp in uh, Test is moving up north uh, to Tinal. So some other That's interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of things going on outside of all yeah. the craziness that was announced at Vegas. Like, there's going to be a, a I crazy agree. winter, I think, you know? I think, you know, yeah. Test, Test wants to take a vacation and, like, hang out for the winter after the long war, but I don't know. There's so much going on. Man, I know, right? Um, it's interesting. And, uh, you know, somebody was just asking me the other day, like, um, you know, where wh- wh- are you going to start now? And I'm like, whoa, 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 man. <laughs> we just got <laughs> done. Like, we just, I just need to get my year. damn abyssals going. <laughs> yeah, my wallet's hurting, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's been six to seven months at war. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Cool. Um, oh, so, you know, I didn't mention this, but... Um, in the beginning, I kind of glossed over it, but so, or did I mention it? Artemis um, is, you know, the uh, supreme leader of the midweek show, and um, he is taking the next couple of months off. He's, uh, you know, busy time at work and girlfriend and all this kind of good stuff that's happening in his life, and he's going to chill out for a little bit on uh, TIS, so... He's going to take off for a couple of months. He'll be back after the holidays. And we um, are going to try not to burn the house down. That's all. Yeah. That's, that's, that's like where the expectation is. If we don't burn the house down, then it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, trying dude, really you, know what I, you know what I completely forgot? Uh, new moderation policy on TRS. So there you go. Read up on that. <laughs> Wow. All right. Um, are, you, are you ready to uh, hit the buttons to uh, close it down? Are you ready? I am ready to hit the buttons the best of my ability. So go ahead and take us out there, Mr. Ron. All right. So, uh, guys, thanks for uh, hanging out and thanks for listening. And uh, as always, uh, we appreciate uh, you guys watching and all the new subscriptions and new followers and everything. And uh, uh, thanks for everything. And uh, we'll see you next time.